This is Church Alive's Teaching of the Week by Pastor Gene Amoson. For additional teachings or information about the church, go to churchalive.net. So let's hop into the Word, amen? Get it, hop, right? So, um... <laughs> let's get into the Word today. We are wrapping up our series, What a Savior. We started this series roughly six weeks ago, and the plan was to finish it on Easter. Uh, we've talked about multiple aspects of Jesus, the fact that he came to earth as a human. How many of you are grateful that he came to earth as a human? Hey, hey, let me educate you real quick on two things as a Christian that you must understand. First of all, he came to earth as a human, and he was born of a virgin. You want to know why that's important? Had he not been born of a virgin, he would have been a human. And a human could not have saved you from hell. Real talk, all right? Second thing you need to understand is, is he walked out of that grave. Why is that important? Because had he not done it, he would not have proven that he was God, that he was the Christ. So we talked about the fact that he came as a human. He came as a servant. He came as a shepherd. He came as a builder. He came as the Christ we talked about last week. And today we're going to talk about the fact that he is the son. Everybody say, Jesus the son. So that's how we're going to wrap up today, and it's totally appropriate with it being Easter. And as simple as it seems, Jesus is a son. There's been a father-son relationship between God the Father and Jesus for eons, forever. It's probably different than maybe your relationship with your child, of course. Um, I've got a relationship with my son, with my daughter, and, and they're different. Girls and boys are different. Boy, howdy, right? And so I don't think God and Jesus necessarily were in the backyard throwing the baseball and that sort of thing, but there was a father-son relationship between the two of them, and we need to always remember that. But I want you to think about this. On earth, often what you'll have is children who maybe get into sin or maybe even parents who do things that they shouldn't, and that changes the relationship between parents and children. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And it's very important, men and women, that we are good examples for our kids. How many of you know that? More than ever, we've got to teach our children what's right. In this day and age that we're living, we can't trust, <laughs> we can't trust TV or the schools to teach them what's right. Amen? We've got to do it. But I know there's times where we can be frustrated with our children, but I've also realized that we've got to be encouragers to our children. All right? We've got to build our kids up. There's power in our tongue, life and death, the Word of God says. And so we've got to speak life into them. We've got to speak purpose into them. You know, I love to encourage my kids. Do I want to wring their necks about every hour? Yeah, I do. Anybody been there this morning? Anybody been there? Right? Yeah. It's all right. Come on, get some freedom this morning. Amen? Anybody been there this morning? But I'm also realizing that this is the time in their life where we are molding them to, to be men and women of God as they get older. And, and I've really made it a point here lately to just spend so much time letting them know how proud of them I am, letting them know how much I love them because I never want them to doubt that. Amen? Never want them to doubt that. And, and I'm trying to, if you will, put them in the lane to where they can accomplish what God's called them to do to make sure that they're headed in the right direction. But whenever you look in the Word in Matthew 3.17, actually, you see that God the Father did the exact same thing. Whenever Jesus was baptized, there was a voice from heaven that came down and said, 
this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Amen? Amen? He, he, he was looking down at the son and saying, I'm so proud of you. You make me happy. And, and I want to just say to some of y'all today, God's well pleased whenever he sees you. You may say, I'm a goofball. God's well pleased. He loves his children. There may be some areas where you can kind of do a little bit better, but he's never stopped loving you. Somebody say amen today. He loves you more than you can ever imagine. But we actually see that the father even encouraged Jesus, the son. So with it being Easter today, I want us to focus on what the son did for us. The prophet Isaiah spoke this in Isaiah 9, 6. It says, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son. Everybody say son. son. A son is given. John three sixteen, which many of us probably know, for God so loved the world that he gave. Everybody say gave. gave. He gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Something I want you to get today, the very first thing is the son was given. The son was given. Without realizing it, I think sometimes we may look sometimes at Jesus as the sweet one, the kind one, who just had compassion, who loved people, and we sometimes maybe look at God as almost like the hard one, the harsh one. I've heard people say before that their relationship with their parents is sometimes the same way they look at God. Like maybe they look at their mother and kind of relate their mother to Jesus, the nurturing, kind one. And then sometimes maybe they look at their father as like Father God, maybe not as kind. But I, I want you to think about this just for a minute. Once again, they had this relationship that went on for eons of years, right? But it took God the Father giving his son for us. You want to talk about kindness? Giving his son for us. How many of y'all would give up your child for somebody else? I, don't, I, I mean, I don't know about you, but um, nobody's getting mine. How many of you would give up your child for people who wouldn't even believe in what you were doing? For people who would mock him and you knew that they were going to mock him. For people that would give him heck about everything. But the goodness of our God gave his son for us. Amen? Amen. So the son was given. And, and y'all think about it. He, he gave his son up for strangers. For messed up strangers who would sin, who were just so messed up. But he did it. He did it for us. And and I love the relationship I, I have with my kids. I mean, we love them so much. And have you ever been at a place where your kids were sick and you wanted to do anything you could to take that away from them? Yes. Have any of you ever had the thought, because I have, like, I would take this on me so they don't have to deal with it. And the father knew that the son was going to have to go through all kind of agony, go through all kind of pain, but he still sent him, and I want you to know why, because he loved every one of you. He sent him because he loved you that much. I mean, how hard would it be for us to watch our children suffer? The kind of suffering that Jesus took. But that's how much the father loves you. So first of all, he was given. The second thing is, is the son was killed. You may say, no, he just died on the cross. No, he was murdered. 
He was killed. Why? For our sins. Matthew 16, 21 says this. It says, from that time, Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be what? Killed. And to be raised, amen, on the third day. Now, he told them this, as I mentioned a moment ago. He told them this multiple times, but they didn't quite understand it. They didn't quite get it. They didn't quite process it. That's why they were so down in the dumps whenever he was crucified. And I want to ask you today, do you quite understand all that he did for you? Come on now. Do you quite understand all he went through so that you could have eternal life? That he was tortured for us, that he was killed for us, that he took our sin upon himself. Do we understand that? Because his disciples didn't quite get it. And you may ask yourself, Gene, why is it that he had to do this? Well, there's this big word that we're going to throw up on the screen called propitiation. Okay, let's talk about this just for a moment. You'll see this in Scripture, 1 John 2, 2. It says, and he himself is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the whole world. Go over two chapters, 1 John 4. And this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Now let's talk about that word just for a second. Leave that word up there in case they want to jot it down. Propitiation looks at sin from God's viewpoint, from God's standpoint. But we have to remember that God is holy. God is perfect. God is sinless. Can we all agree with that? Amen. It means that God's wrath has been completely satisfied and justice has been completely served, right? So it's basically like a guilty person who is sentenced, but somebody takes their place. Now that's good for us. That's good for us. We were guilty, but Jesus took our sin upon himself, but he also took our punishment as well. And so understand that he had to become sin, otherwise the father would have killed an innocent man and justice would not have been served. So he took our sin, but also took our punishment as well. And y'all, can I just tell you, that is good news for us. Amen? You may say, well, that wasn't fair to him, but aren't you glad he did it for you? Come on now. Aren't you glad he did it for you? 2 Corinthians 5.21 says this. It says, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. In him. You know, I, I, I truly believe we know this, that whenever Jesus was hanging on the cross, he cried out, God, Father, why have you forsaken me? I truly believe that is the moment whenever all the sin was placed upon him. Because understand this, there had never been any separation between the Father and the Son. Jesus was sinless. Remember, he came to earth, born of a virgin, was God, on earth as a human, but was sinless, right? It might seem impossible, but he pulled it off. But the moment that all the sin was placed upon him, for the very first time, there was separation between he and the Father. And let me tell you, it was a feeling he had never experienced. But God took our sin, 
past, present, and future, and put it on his son. Amen? And as a result, that allowed us to be put into right relationship with the Father. My Lord, that's good, isn't it? That's good. And the reason God's wrath is satisfied and justice is served is because, again, the Son took our sin upon him and he was punished for it. And here's something I want you to understand is that Jesus' sacrifice, his sacrificial death, saves us in the day of wrath as well. We see this in 1 Thessalonians 1.10. It says, Whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath. Our rescuer, amen? He rescues us. So he was given, he was killed. The third thing is this is the son was raised. Now that's good news right there, amen? The son was raised. That last one was a little bit of a bummer, but hey, things turn around. It's a good ending, amen? It's a good ending. John 21, 14 says, This is now the third time Jesus showed himself to his disciples after he was what? Raised. Raised from the dead. Acts 5.30, The God of our ancestors raised Jesus from the dead after you killed him by hanging him on a cross. After you killed him, the God that we all serve raised him up. I want you to understand this. Not only was he just raised from the grave and just around for an hour or two. Y'all, he was on the earth for 40 days. There are documents outside of the Bible that document Jesus being seen all around after he was crucified and after he walked out of that tomb. There was a time actually when 500 different people saw him, and once again, it's documented outside of the Bible as well in historical documents. He was raised, amen? And here's some good news. Since he was raised from the dead, we can be raised from the dead as well. Come on now. We can be raised from the dead as well. What great news. I want you to know this. You're a child of God if you know the Lord as your Savior. Life's not over with. As we said, you take your last breath on earth, your next one's in eternity. And I'm going to ask you a question. Where is that going to be, though? This week, we've been inundated with people asking us, and it's perfectly fine, just so you know, Gene, how are you? I'm good. Do I miss mom, like, being around? Yeah, I do. Do I wish I could just call her and talk to her? Yeah, I do. But can I tell you this? I'm perfectly good knowing that she's with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and she's in the presence of God. And if she had the opportunity to turn and come back to this screwed up world, she'd say, no, thank you. No, thank you. I'm good. She has what I want. Amen? And I'm going to go ahead and tell you, today is the day of salvation for somebody here today. Today is that you need that assurance that whenever you take your last breath, that you are going to be raised up. Amen? 1 Corinthians 6.14 says this, And God both raised up the Lord and will also raise us up by his power. By his power. Chapter 15 of 1 Corinthians, verse 52 says this, In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be, what? Raised incorruptible and we shall be changed forever we shall be 
changed forever. Chapter 4, verse 14 to 2 Corinthians says, We know that God, who raised the Lord Jesus, will also raise who? Us. He will raise us with Jesus and present us to himself together with you. Y'all, that's good news, isn't it? That is good news. And I want to tell you this. If we're going to die, I want to be in tight with the one who can raise me up. Right? There are some things in life that you may not really care at what the outcome is. It may be politics. It may be like me in professional sports. I could care less. Anybody, right? College football is a different story, just so you know. I care. Anyway, we want to be in tight with the one who can raise us up. There may be some things that you're not really that concerned about, some things that don't mean much to you, some things that you don't see is very important, I, I want you to understand eternity is extremely important for you. And too many people, too many people just feel like, you know, whatever happens is going to happen. Mm -mm. No, you've got to make a decision. You've got to make a decision. You've got to get yourself right with God if you truly want to be raised up and spend eternity in the presence of God. The alternative is not very good. I just want to go ahead and tell you, there is a real heaven and there is a real hell, and you need to understand that. But understand that the Father gave a son because he loves every one of us. He loves you more than you can ever imagine. He handed him over, knowing that they would crucify him, knowing that they would torture him, but he did it because he loved you. And he knew that if he didn't do this, if he didn't give Jesus, who would ultimately be the perfect sacrifice for all of our sin, he knew that if he didn't do that, then we couldn't spend eternity with him. But once again, he loved us all that much. He loved us all that much. He was given, he was killed, he was raised up for you and I. What a Savior indeed we have, amen? What a Savior we have. If you will, stand with me this morning. I want you to understand that he offered us the gift of salvation. He desires that all of us take advantage of it. Romans 10.9 says this. It says, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Let's think about that. If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. If you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's really easy. We know that God sent Jesus for us and if you believe that he did that and if you believe that God raised him from the dead, the, the word of God says you can be saved. This morning, if you will, just bow your head. If you're one of those and you've kind of just been uh, floating along, let's just say that, and you've not really gotten serious with God because you've been distracted by other things, and I get it. It's very easy to get distracted with our career. It's very easy to get distracted with our children. It's very easy to get distracted by everything that's going on in the world. But if you've put your relationship with God just on the back burner, or maybe you don't have one at all, I want you to know today is the day of salvation for you. It can be if you are willing to take that step. Some of you may have had a past that you're not proud of. Some of you may say, Gene, you don't understand what I'm into right now. 
I want you to know this. Nothing, nothing can keep the Lord from pursuing you. Nothing can keep you from experiencing his love, his mercy, his grace, and his salvation. You need to understand he loves you. And you may say you're into some weird stuff right now. He loves you too much for you to stay into that weird stuff. But the first step is, is coming to know him. And then the other things will start to work themselves out. But if you're not 100% sure today that if you were to breathe your last breath, that you would be in the presence of God, I want to pray with you today. I also want to just tell you that none of us are guaranteed tomorrow. You're not guaranteed tomorrow. And so you need to make sure that the next step is covered for you. So if that's you today, come on, everybody just bow your heads. We're going to have a moment with God. Maybe you've been at a place to where you've got saved years ago, but you've not been walking with God. You just feel like you need to kind of rekindle that relationship. We're all going to pray together today. But real quick, and if you're watching online, we'd love to have you pray with us as well. But if you say, Gene, right now, I, I don't know if I would end up in heaven if I took my last breath. Would you just quickly slip your hand up? Just very quick, up and down. Anybody? Amen. Let's all pray together today. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner, and I ask you for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn from my sins today, and I invite you into my life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. Amen. Come on, give God some praise today. Amen. 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 Thank you again for listening to Church Alive's Teaching of the Week with Pastor Gene Amoson. Visit the church Sunday mornings at 10 or listen on Renew 96.9.